0: Hey Senda.
1: Hey Phil. Hey pandas. Hey, hey Emily. Emily.
0: <laughs> you guys wanna talk about magical girl RPGs? Uh yeah we do. Uh-huh. Welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil.
1: And I'm your other host, Senda. And tonight we have a very special guest, as well as friend, Emily Reinhardt. Welcome, Emily. Um, Emily is here tonight to talk about her magical girl game, Domina Magica, and its new Kickstarter, which went live last week. And we're really excited about it.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going to toss out our normal format tonight, and the show's going to go like this. Since I am the least magical girl on the mics um, Mm -hmm. and and actually have not had a chance to play the game, I'm going to ask all of the main questions Uh, Emily's going to answer, and Senda is going to, like, add additional info and follow-up questions and things like that. So I'm just going to kind of steer this thing along and let the two of you kind of, you know, run the show. All right? Uh Uh-huh. All right, so let's get started. So, Emily, before we get talking about the game, let's take a few minutes and uh, like let you talk about you uh, so listeners can get to know you better. I mean, I, like, Send and I know you really well, but this is a chance for, you know, everyone else uh, to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about you.
2: So, yeah, what I usually like to say is uh, my normal format is that I am a professional belly dancer part-time game designer and not often enough fighter for love and justice.
1: (laughs) That is like uh, a good little bio right there. I like it.
2: That's, that's been my bio since I was 13 and created my live journal page and have just (laughs) been slowly building it and replacing the, the, the little verbs over time. I've been replacing them, but, but yeah, I, I, apparently I hate idle time. I can't stand it. And I fill my schedule to the brim with whatever I can I, I do professional belly dancing. I work full time. I do social media for a game company. I am a second degree black belt in Kung Fu. I am 65% mermaid, more if I'm in water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I I just love, I love just filling my schedule and doing all the things, all the things, because apparently I just can't
0: keep, I can't keep still. And we can add cosplayer onto that, <laughs> oh, right? Yes. yes right, uh, right. Yep. Including obscure cosplayer,
2: <laughs> that is now added to my added to my <laughs> belt is my obscure cosplay, which uh, I did actually have a lot of people. They know I cosplay. And I run, you know, I run my Cosplays not consent panel. And I had a lot of people reach out and say, why are you doing this obscure cosplay? It's not going to be fulfilling. If nobody recognizes you or gets you wrong, how is that, you know, how is that going to make you feel as a cosplayer? Usually as a cosplayer, you love to get recognized. You love to, you know, get called out and be like, oh my gosh, I love your Sailor Jupiter costume. But the fact that you're going to this con as somebody no one's ever heard of. But you know what? For those three people that did recognize me, it made it worth it because when they recognized me and I handed them the candy that went along with my cosplay, they got so happy and so excited. They're like, "I can't believe this is happening! You're you're my favorite!" And one one even said, "This is the best moment ever. I can't wait to show my son." Like, oh, so that's awesome. for me, yeah. So yeah. for me, that really was fulfilling. I don't think I have another character that's going to be that good. I've done my I've done my one obscure cosplay character. So now to to focus back on the other ones that I really want to do.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I had never actually heard of that character, but I saw the picture from the, uh, from the video game box.
2: No one has heard of this character. It was a 2002 GameCube PC game that the company Skittles and Mars made based on the early 2000 commercials. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, this, what was this weird product? But well, you know how.
0: <laughs> what, what's impressive is that three people found you at Gen Con.
2: And actually recognized you. Yeah they and they, the bad thing is, is that they weren't even like they didn't even I had I had the game kind of stuck in my back pocket but I had the name covered up So nobody could see the name and it was in my back pocket and people were like, oh, dark and sky. I know that. And I turned around and they were like, oh, my God, you're her. (laughs) Like, what is happening? And so the three people that recognized me, they, you know, they were all um, they were all a little bit older than I was. They were all men. But the guy that the guy that actually recognized me when he turned to his friends and said, hey, can you guys get a picture with me and sky? I was just like oh my gosh the (laughs) fact and 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 the best part about the whole cosplay is that i got to educate people about the game so then they got excited because i was excited and said i'm gonna check this out and i'm like please do like skittles is gonna go crazy because they're gonna be like why is everybody buying this random 2002 (laughs) game like
0: but yeah that was really that was really
2: that was that was one of my highlights of this this past convention it was really fun
0: that's awesome okay and then you covered everything else, because I was going to mention you have some pretty cool hobbies, but you actually wrapped them all up in, uh, uh, what you call it, yeah. all in one bundle. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, and there's a ton of other things that I do. I just, those are the ones that I that I feel really the most passionate about. And I'm so excited because I got to express like all of them this, this past weekend. I got to be my mermaid self. I got to do my cosplay. I got to nerd out and magical girl out the whole weekend. So
0: um, did you have to kick anyone's ass? <laughs>
2: like, they... I mean, there was that one person, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no ass kicking uh, this time around. Usually at a convention, it sometimes does happen, unfortunately. But but uh, this time, nope, no, no ass kicking was was held <laughs> was was passed down.
0: So let's uh, let's move on and start talking about the game. So now that we know you, tell us how you came up with the idea for the game and how. You went from like idea to actually like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kickstart this thing.
2: Yeah, so a lot of a lot of people ask me, you know, questions about it, and I always default to the same answer of like, well, I'm not a game designer, and a lot of people are like, well, you are, you wow. are now. Yeah. So welcome so to my life. I know, and <laughs> I, I am not ready. I will tell you that I am not ready. But no, the the <laughs> it all started a long time ago when Emily and her sister would watch Sailor Moon on the TV. So. I I had begun where a lot of people I think begun with Sailor Moon, the one of the big, big shows it evolved into, and it wasn't obviously it it wasn't just Sailor Moon, you know, it was any, any show that had this like amazing female character that got put into these, you know, very emotional situations. Like I remember watching Gargoyles and loving the female character of Gargoyles. Like, you know, it's just, it's, and I loved her and I drew her and it was that kind of thing of, of, and reboot. I love dot matrix. Like, I loved watching Reboot and seeing Doc Matrix kick butt and stuff like that. So when Sailor Moon came on, I'm like, oh, wait, this show is centered around her. Like, this show is not, you know, guy meets girl. And you know, this is about her and her memories and her life and her finding her team of women. And so as a little girl, obviously, it was super influential with me. And then, you know, I started watching the other, you know, some of them obscure, some of them not. You know, I started watching Car Capture's Cora, loved that show. Again, about her and her relationships. I will say later in life as an adult watching the Japanese version made it a completely different show. <laughs> but but then I started watching other different broader, you know, um Princess Tutu and Magic Knight's Ray Earth and, you know, anything clamp related. I basically clamped. I was like born in clamp, right? Oh my god. I mean uh. how can you
1: how can you not?
2: Oh, it was, it was everything I wanted and more. So growing up and consuming more and more of that genre of that magical girl genre, I just became obsessed with it. And, you know, as an adult, it became wider spread. And so, of course, I began like, you know, you know how it is with, with the genre that you loved as a kid, and you couldn't find it anywhere, right? You're like, I, I, I loved this, but you, you, there's no toys yet. There's no, there was no shirts. And then now it's like, it's, it it's, it's insane how big the franchise of Sailor Moon is, you know? So, um, so growing up, uh, it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, and I consumed more and more anime and more shows and more manga. And I had to have more of it and more video games with, you know, that's why I bought Dark and Sky because it had this kick-ass redhead on the front with the staff and, you know, I wanted to play it. So when I got into role-playing games, when I was 16, there wasn't much of that yet. There wasn't, you know, back in the day there was, it was, you know oh D pathfinder uh, i think the first game that i ever was a part of that i had experienced was something called aberrant mm-hmm. yeah uh, i remember that yeah case. so aberrant yeah so uh so i got into and i got into l5r i got into pathfinder and then my then my like then i really expanded cuz then i'm like oh gosh what is this thing called indie games <laughs> so then i started you know <laughs> Good I started stuff. Oh, the, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I started like then consuming all of this, going, wait, what? There's a there's a whole other genre out here, and so I started playing like people's homemade games, and that got me thinking of like, well, I wonder if there's any like magical girl themed, you know, games or mermaid games out there because I would really like to play those. And now I will say this in present company: at mm. the time, I know,
1: I know, not any,
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah, there are there was, some now that are not even are just more, mine. There are right? more now in the past two years than there yes, was. Yes. So uh so I remember my first Gen Con and I was trying to I still was trying to seek that out, that Magical Girl experience, and still there really wasn't, you know. Games games on demand had a, you know, beautifully, beautifully written games that I played in. Um and so it just kept getting me thinking and got me, you know, kept getting the wheels turning of like Well, you know, maybe since there's no game around, maybe I should design one or maybe, you know, I'll put the idea in someone else's head or, you know. So then it just kept being this funny thing of like, oh, yeah, like my magical girl game. And then Mm -hmm. it started to take shape. And that's when it started getting scary because two years ago, two and a half years ago. Is when I started talking and I was like, well, you know, wouldn't it be funny if like you had five stats, like the five points of a star, like her compact. And, you know, it was more of a roll low system because, you know, I, I, I hate the D4. But Jim was like, well, why do you want it to be a roll low system? Why do you want it to go to one? And I said, do you want the magical girl answer? <laughs> and he said, yes. I said, the magical girl answer is listening to that theme song of Sailor Moon. It goes, she is the one and i always love that line of like she is the one so rolling a one is tapping into the true magical girl self now the real answer is i hate math and i don't like adding up big numbers and i always thought that was a waste of time (laughs) here's how sentimental and weird i get with games i always hated the fact that when you roll a bunch of die you're like all right i'm gonna hit him right i'm gonna hit this guy you roll your whatever all your modifiers and everything and you roll now let's say you only needed to roll like a Fifteen to hit him, but you rolled like a twenty-seven. So I'm like, well, what do you do with the rest of the die? And Jim's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I only needed fifteen, but I rolled twenty-seven. So do that? Does that like does that extra go into a pool or something? He's like, no, no, you hit the TN, you made it. Now you make your attack roll. I'm like, but what about all the other die? He's like, you only (laughs) needed fifteen, and so I got really sad because I felt like I had rolled this huge, awesome number, but because I had made the TN. The rest of the dice didn't even matter. I was like, that's really sad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I started designing this roll-low system where you wanted to get to one, and whoever was the closest to one beat, you know, they're all uh, contested checks. So whoever got closest to one tapped into their magical girl, you know, spirit, and brought that out. So that was really the inspiration for it, was uh, I wanted a ridiculous Sailor Moon-esque game where I got to shout out a... Sixteen syllable attack and uh-huh. make up my huge transformation sequence. Oh my gosh! And, yes, you know, <laughs> you know the the fun parts and and then as it came, as it started developing, it also did what a lot of magical girl shows do and focus way more on the relationships. You know, you want to get to the fun parts of transformation and that beautiful sequence where she uses the crystal to save everyone, and then the game started taking shape and becoming way more about. Well, hold on. Before you reach your magical girl potential, how are you guys friends? And like, you know how, how are all four of you, or five of you, or six of you, you're all established friends. So then it became it became more about the connections you have with, at the table, and and then and then it got then it got crazy because then we started throwing these you know really funny cliche unique uh, mechanics in it, like a cootie catcher and. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we are going to force you to talk about all of those things. So. Oh yes, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, so, so yeah that that is where that is where the inspiration came from. Was of course you know the 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 growing up as 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 a magical girl, thinking that if I just if I wished hard enough, Luna would come and give me my compact when I was sixteen. <laughs> so that you could meet Tuxedo
1: Mask no screw Tuxedo Mask (laughs) screw Tuxedo Mask okay Phil tell us how we're gonna do this show tonight
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, well, I, first of all, warning, if you don't know a lot about Magical girl stuff, you're going to learn. Like, <laughs> like, start looking stuff up while you're listening, because this is like the 300 level class, which
1: is why I'm sitting back. Okay, all right.
0: That's all right. So, um, so the format we're going to use tonight is we're going to steal something from a good friend of ours, Jason Pitt, which we talked about on Mistractive Mark 315, but we're going to look at four facets of the game. And then when we're done, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kickstarter. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about system, so the mechanics of the game. We're going to talk a little bit about setting, the world that the game's set in. We're going to talk about situation, which is like, what do the characters actually do like when you're playing the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to talk about subtext, like any themes or messages that you've kind of like baked into the game, either intentionally or like that kind of came about while you were designing. Okay. So I'm going to jump right in. We're going to start off with system. And the first of my two questions, you started to answer, but I'm going to ask you to like kind of give us a, like a, a, a clearer picture. Sure. Can you describe the core system of the game?
2: So, yeah, the core system of the game has changed a little bit, but basically what it is, is you start off the game as a schoolgirl, and the decisions and what you do as the schoolgirl will directly affect what your magical girl looks like, and, and what the big bad takes shape. So I really liked I really wanted something where what you're doing in the schoolgirl day, you know, throughout the day is going to like build that final battle, right? It's not just gonna be random monster of the week, although, you know, the system is kind of designed to do random monster of the week, but it all ties into what led to that point. And the system uses a lot of unique things I think to to get you to that point. One of the things that you will use is there is a double-sided character sheet. So you will play as a schoolgirl. You'll set her stats. You will gain heart shards throughout the game session and for succeeding your roles and role-playing as your schoolgirl. Once you then transform, you, you wipe your die, wipe your heart shards, and you physically flip the character sheet over and get to build the magical girl over again, uh-huh. but this time using what you know of your schoolgirl. So a lot of people go into it going, I'm going to be the, you know, the kick butt Jupiter girl, and I'm going to, I'm going to be sassy, and I'm going to be, you know, and then all of a sudden, that's not who their schoolgirl is. Their schoolgirl takes on a different form of it. And it's like, yeah, they're still kick butt and strong, but they might have feelings for their teammate, or they might, you know, have a crush on a guy that they don't want the team to know about. Cause, <laughs> you know. So then all of a sudden, you know, they've got their they've got their strongest die in the strength category, but then they flip over their character sheet and their magical girl might change a little bit. It might not be the same as your school girl. Like you wanted to play the kick butt Jupiter character, but you're, the way you interacted with people and the way you built these connections with people, your magical girl turned out a little bit different. And that's great because, you know, that's I feel like your school, your school girl learned a couple of lessons. So the magical girl is like your true potential you know personified into you know magic so i really wanted to emulate that i wanted to build a world that what you did in the half first half of the game really affected and and you know not necessarily had consequences but built that second half of the game
1: right i think that's actually really cool because that's one of those things where if we talk about an individual episode of something like sailor moon it always has like this through line of like how it's related there's frequently some sort of mini moral to the story, right? And so oh, and be- that's in
2: that's in my game. Oh you know. I
1: know. Oh, you know I-, <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in there. Um so it constructs that in, and it constructs that in a way that you don't have to necessarily know what it is when you start the game. Which is really cool. Right. Yeah. But so one of the other you got two other kind of cool mechanics going on, maybe three that 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 I'm going to ask you about quickly. So the first one is you already touched on it briefly about rolling low. Um, mm-hmm. But do you want to tell us a little bit about like how you assign dice to stats and kind of how you actually roll that stuff?
2: Well, I won't say in the very beginning because this is kind of the, the secondary thing you do in the game is you build your, your schoolgirl. So after you've, you know, figured out her name and her little like her little flavor text, I'm going to call it, you know, what her blood type is, what her likes are, what her dislikes are. The stuff are. you get in a little box in the manga when you read it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And it's and it goes in your little phone up uh-huh. on the right hand corner. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after you assign that, then it's, all right, now you get to decide what kind of character you want to play. So there are five different stats and against, and it's still kind of in the works at the moment. Um, I've already changed one of the traits like five times and probably will again. But um, it's the five traits that I think make up a magical girl. You know, it's it's strength, it's friendship, it's, you know, persistence, honesty, and kindness. And those are the five stats that I think really make up a Magical Girl. So what you do is you take your, your five die. We do not use the d20. <gasps> Gasp. What? I know. We don't use the d20 in this game. But you take five, your five die, your, your d4 through your d12, and you assign them to your stats. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to roll. You're going to pretty much roll all of them, but you're going to be proficient in at least one of them because one of them is going to have your d4. Right. And that's your best chance to roll a one. Now, I have seen it mess up a couple people. <laughs> but I have seen people like, like I'm going to roll my D12. And I'm like, okay. And they nail it and roll a one and it becomes amazing. But yes, they get to assign the dice to the different aspects. And so you're going to be very proficient in one of those five skills. And you're going to be not as proficient with your D12. And you obviously you range from there. When you change your magical into your magical girl, you get to reassign those die. You don't have to keep them the same. So if you are really you know, punky and you're, you know, you're a sassy, you know, Jupiter kind of kind of girl in the beginning, but then you realize that mm, your magical girl's a little different and values you friendship way more than strength, then you can actually assign the D4 to friendship instead.
1: Right. So the other really cool thing, because of course, we play this on She's a Super Geek. So I have like the insider knowledge here. Mm. Um. So the other thing I want to ask you about specifically is the way that you use the cootie catcher in the game yes. because there is definitely a lot of cootie catcher use in this game there is. and it's part of the fun setup to get your story going and I love it
2: so yeah, so we use we use before you do anything in Domino Magica, you are going to set the scene of your unique episode. and how you do that is you and your team are build a cootie catcher slash fortune teller. Uh-huh. and it's really funny because I had I have had a lot of male, you know players in this. I've had a lot of males that come to my table and like, I'm so excited to play a magic girl. And the first thing I ask is, do you know what a cootie catcher is (laughs) and some of them respond with nope I have no idea I know it's that weird thing that you know the my my classmates in middle school used to that mysterious thing that girls would use triangle thing
1: that they would do the weird hand thing with yeah so uh, yeah exactly so it
2: it was it was built as a fortune teller you know what's funny is I really should do my history on this I need to look up like who the first person was to um But it really, it was built in middle school to act as kind of a fortune teller of, it would usually be used to be, you know, red, yellow, blue, green on the outside and numbers Mm -hmm. on the inside. And then, and it it was, it was a paper version of a magic eight ball. Yes. Because then you would ask the question, you would pick a color, you would go in and go one, two, three, four, five, and then, you know, open the thing. And it usually would say like, yes, no, maybe in the future, you know, you might get married. So so how we use it is different. We actually set the scene with the cootie catcher and the first four flaps that we fill out is just kind of how the game's going to go. It's how old are you? What what age are we, you know, are we thinking about playing? What season are we in? What season does your show start in? And what is the biggest challenge your school faces? And it gives you kind of a opening sequence to your personal anime show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then inside, I've changed it a little bit. I used to do, you know, I used to do theme, but every time we picked th- every time we pre-picked themes out, we never ended up with that theme. <laughs> so instead, I actually I really like it. We started putting everybody's names in there. Oh, everybody's cool. name yeah. has a flap. And even the NPCs have in there. Because sometimes the NPCs become really important in the story. So the final step to the Cootie Catcher is there are four triangles that you open up that you don't get to see. And what I do is I usually pass this to my players secretly and say, fill in a trial that your magical girl would encounter in a big battle. So this is not like, this is not, oh, my crush doesn't like me because that's kind of a schoolgirl, you know, uh, mundane problem. We are looking for a mythical problem. We are looking for, you know, the the evil dark energy has turned your best friend against you and she's attacking you. So what that does is not only does it set the tone in the scene for your anime, not only does it give the GM use of introducing random trials in the big bad, but it's also just a very fun way to start a game and see it being used to to randomize like, oh no, the fortune teller's coming out. What evil thing is going to happen? <laughs> it's so, effective. I like it, a yeah, lot. I, I uh, I love the mechanic, and I'm so glad that I was able to to use it in the game and actually write it because it, for the longest time it was just kind of like a fun side. Like, well, if you want, if you if you really want to use the cootie catcher, but then it became so integral, and I'm like, no, this is something that you have to use because it builds your relationships, it builds where you are, <laughs> and it it introduces these these amazing trials that your players come up with.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Are you going to have instructions in the book on how to fold one oh, in case? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. uh, as I'm noticing, uh, guys know of them usually. Yes. They have no idea how to build now, them. I will, yeah.
0: tell you a little, I will tell you a little weird thing. I actually know how to fold them because uh, we used them as wedding favors. At, <gasps> well, actually, we used them as icebreakers. What we did was we made them and then we put facts about different people at the table inside of them
1: oh my gosh that's so that's cute so and cool. put them like
0: and then like put them out at the tables and then that way as people were sitting there like you know like waiting for dinner and stuff like that like you know they're you know playing them and then like opening them up and like oh who who collects motorcycles and then like start you know <laughs> chatting with each other and things that's like that
2: so cool See, it was it was really weird because you did have a couple of, you know, the parents that saw these like fortune tellers and it was kind of like the Ouija board and like, oh, don't play around with those. And <laughs> meanwhile, we're like sitting there with these like little paper things you like, who will I marry today? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's that's such a that's such a cool way to use them. And I and I I think that's awesome because you're taking something that like has had one purpose for so long and now you're like, but look what else it can do. <laughs>
0: But it's great it like ties back to school kids like it's like a really like it's really good and and it's um it's uh tactile it's uh I mean it's it's really cool like it ties into like it it's gonna tie into like how failure works in the game like I mean nothing's gonna sound worse than when you start playing this game like hearing like oh you failed your role click 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 click
1: oh I (laughs) yes I can, can can confirm I don't think that episode of she's a super geek will have come out yet but can confirm that's yeah, definitely that's a thing. awesome she's
2: like oh i'm pulling out the cootie catcher and we're all like oh. well and see you guys did it all because i'm sitting there going you know oh think of something that you know is going to be a trial and they came up with the most heartbreaking like <laughs> pulling on the heartstrings uh-huh. trials that yeah. i almost was like i i don't know if i can handle this like i'm gonna have to activate this cootie catcher and pull one of these out uh-huh. and it's gonna be devastating
1: <laughs> no it was fantastic
0: i love it i'm gonna jump us ahead because that that we got a lot of real because my second question was going to be about rules that that capture the magical girl genre but i'm feeling like we got a lot of
1: we pretty much talked about it yeah carry on
0: (laughs) okay so let's talk about setting okay does the game have a specific setting or is it something like that the group creates when they come together
2: yeah the the cootie catcher kind of helps you create that setting um but it's 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 wherever you want it to be. So when when I first ask, you know, I usually use the joke, what kind of anime is this? Is this a, you know, actual Japanese anime or have we already brought it back to America and have... Offly, is it a bad like, dub? Horribly it yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it dubbed by four kids? Like and that usually is like kind of a fun, like, okay, do we want to take it like crazy campy and tropey, or do we want to make it more a little bit more traditional and have it Japanese and and have like the the Asian sounding names and you know, and I that that kind of gives me a hint of like, okay, Miss Hessen, the English teacher, should really be Miss Hitomi, the English teacher. And so it kind of sets the stage. But yeah, you can really you can really place it anywhere, anywhere like setting wise, anywhere you want. Because as soon as you transform into magical girls, magic. So, <laughs> you know, you will start as school girls. That is, you know, that is something that has to happen. But as far as like when, where, you know, um, what type of school, that is totally up to the players.
0: Excellent. And, and there's no like central mythology for like how magic works or like that's all part of your creation. Like when you play it, like you're going to define that.
2: Yeah. And honestly, mo- most of the time they the players do, because usually it's your usual like I ask, you know, what do you shout out to transform? <laughs> but sometimes that's totally different. Sometimes like the game that I just ran, they didn't really have a theme. They didn't choose a theme. They didn't really want a theme. And so their theme became... They had to. They had to shout out the secret that they didn't want their teammates to know to transform into their magical girl. Wow! And they didn't. And like it was so. It was so cool because they didn't even have like secret identities. They didn't have like when they transformed, they just kept using their same names. Like yeah. it, it was just. It, it was. They had power, but and they had these amazing uniforms, but they like they didn't really turn into a persona they just were like this is me still and so I really thought that was cool that they all and it. it we even got into the thing where this game is really designed for the fun one shot plays but every time I run it a lot of people are like I can't wait for our episode 2 yeah. I can't wait to see what crazy things we'll get into next so then with my previous group that had the secrets it became heartbreaking because they're like "That oh gosh that changes like you you know the one character, you know, screamed out that she had a crush on somebody and that she loved them, and then they came to the realization of, oh no, what happens if my secret becomes I don't love them anymore? And it's just like, oh, <sighs> like, <sighs> yes. so the fact that. The fact that the, you know, my players, when they leave the table, they're already thinking about the next play and what's going to happen to these characters. And, you know, my character sheets have a girl silhouette on them that people can draw on them. And so I'm always blown away by these drawings of these characters that they come up with because it's so creative and it's so, you know, it just, the fact that they keep wanting to play these characters, I'm just like, yes,
0: yes. I saw the character sheets from pictures (laughs) from, uh, from Gen Con and people coloring them in and like drawing outfits and things like that. It was great.
2: Oh, yeah. and and one of my one of my newest additions, which I was so happy with, is a player suggested that they're like, I see you have the atypical, really skinny silhouette girl. They're like, would you ever think about maybe changing the body types on there? And I'm like, absolutely. So for Gen Con, I printed off small, medium, large, and extra large body types for everyone. And I can't tell you, like, the outpouring of disappreciation of, like, thank you so much that it's not, like, the atypical big boob, small waist, big butt anime girl. And, you know, it's that, it's those kind of things that like, I just, I love that fact. Cause it's a, it's again, it's six year old Emily going all these shows about, you know, guys. And I'm watching the one show of sailor moon of the girl re- representation of being the strong female. And I'm like, yes. So anything that I can do to help somebody, you know, say, ah, yes, you acknowledged me. Like, yeah, I love the character sheets. I think they came out really well and I'm so happy that they have gotten to where they have got like the beginning ones that i drew myself oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna start somewhere i oh my gosh yeah i just i had no idea what i was doing i was like oh yeah character sheets that can't be that hard right
0: oh god i'll show you some uh i could show you some of my early character sheets <gasps> from hydro hackers that are yes! like so that are so awful compared to like the final products like
2: That would be a good challenge you could issue. Like, hey, are you brave enough to show your before and after After
0: character sheets? There's a great, not not to get too tangenty, but um, when Night Witches came out, Jason Morningstar put up, I think it was a blog post, of all the iterations of the Night Witches character sheet. And like all like and notes about like what like what prompted the changes in each one. It, it yes. was really it was really interesting to watch. Like it's just like you know it was just this like evolution of like as the game changed and as he learned things from playing it, like the sheet changes along with it. Yeah, I yes. I I have very much the same experience. Like my final playbooks for Hydro Hackers look very much not like anything that I started with. <laughs> So, okay, Um, let us now turn to um, the situation. So um, this is what actually like this is the flow of play at like when you actually play the game. And so I'm going to use something I'm going to talk about something called the core loop, which is basically in one complete story. Like what typically like what are typically the um, phases of play that that occur? And We've hinted to some of it already, but
2: oh yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, first thing you're do- going to do is you're going to build your cootie catcher. That's going to set your tone, your theme, your trials. Then you build your schoolgirl. What I haven't talked to you about yet is uh, something called connections and complications. You build these connections with the two people on your left and right, and then the GM will throw a complication in there. And so uh, some of the some examples, some really good examples are, you know. Our connection is we are on the same, you know, gymnastics team, and my to my girl on my left, you know, oh we r- we're really really good friends because we both excel in art and we're in the same art classes. So as the GM, I throw on a complication. I'm like, yes, you both are on the same gymnastics team, but you both have a crush on the same coach or your your captain. So, because what is friendships if not love with complications? Complicated. So, Yeah. And then like the other one, it's like, all right, yes, you both love art and you both love it, but there's only one scholarship going out to this art contest and only one person can get it. So you build these connections with all of your fellow teammates and you've got your you've got your complications. Sometimes you've got secrets. Sometimes, you know, you both know what's going on. Sometimes you both have no idea. And it, it, it just I love it because it, it it immediately builds these characters so fast and they become, you know, they're so full of life so fast with these, you know, connections to people. After you build your schoolgirl, you you role play, a, you know, a. Uh. A typical day in the you know life of a schoolgirl. You go to classes, you make friends. Sometimes you make enemies. And all throughout this, there's these weird things happening at your school. There's these weird, mysterious. You know, why is that guy so creepy? Why is the new transfer student so you know off-putting? Or you know, what was that? What was that creature I saw dart into the magical forest? Or you know, whatever. You start seeing these like really weird things happening at your school because you don't know your magical girls yet. You are schoolgirls with connections with all these, you know, you've already made friends with these people and you're living your you're living your best school life. You're you're going throughout a day. At the apex of the game, usually about the halfway point, sometimes more, because I know a lot of people love role-playing, you know, schoolgirls. Um the magical creature comes into play, and sometimes the magical creature is a magical book, sometimes it's a magical amulet, sometimes it's a wand. But the, the magical item slash creature will come into play and say, I'm so glad you four or five or three have come together because I need your help. I need you to make a contract to become a magical girl. And thus begins the second phase of the game. You turn your sheet over and transform. When you are a schoolgirl, you are gathering something called heart shards, which I love to represent with Skittles. And I'm sorry. But you because I eat them later and it's horrific. But... um. So you're gathering heart shards and the way you do that is either you, you successfully roll against some of your challenges or you, you role play into your school girl and the GM is just giving out heart shards to everyone who is, you know, emulating their school girl and persona. When you flip over to the second side and you go into your magical girl persona, your heart shards are your spells. They're what you can do. So it's, it's, it's all connected. It's so crazy. If you fail a role in your schoolgirl, if you fail a role, you don't really know what's happening. But on the front or in the table in the middle, there is this huge circular map with all these little empty circles that are all connected. If you fail a role, all of a sudden you get to roll a die onto this map and you feel the dark energy fill the world and start growing so the school girls are having fun they're you know they're living their day-to-day you know class-to-class life but then they also see this map in the middle that's slowly growing with dark energy uh-huh. so when they so when they flip over to the magical girl they have to fight that map that they built together so they've got their transformation sequence they've got their awesome persona name they get to do they get to tap into their magical girl selves and they fight the the battle map, what we're calling the dark energy circle. They get to fight it because they literally help build it. Like by failing their roles, the dark energy was slowly creeping in more and more. And I really like that. I really like the fact that this circle is the is the big boss fight at the end. It's the it's the end of the episode. You've got your baddies of the week, of course, but you've also got the generals and then you've got the big bad in the back who's working, you know, for a of course, Queen Barrel character. And they get to then all work together and fight these creatures. And I really like it because at, usually at the end of the episode, I will usually throw in something of like, you know, they defeated the big baddie. I said, yes, but the screen pans down and you see a pair of high heels walk dun, dun, to the ashes dun. of your fallen enemy. And it's like, pathetic. I'll try better next time and walk away. Because it's never over. There's always never. a bigger bad. Never. Um, never ever. But yeah, and then uh, and then at the very end, we get to wrap up our episode by doing kind of a PSA to the kids who watched your show of like, what would you say to the, to the, a Sailor Moon says? Sailor it's says. Like, what, what kind of message do you want to throw out there to the kids that watch your show? And sometimes it's very heartfelt and warming and sometimes it's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's pretty much the entire gameplay in a two minute nutshell.
0: Love it. Love it. I love the PSA at the end. That's so good.
1: It's very Sailor Moon. It's very everything. It's really good.
0: (laughs) Well, you're saying very Sailor Moon, but I was like a child of the '80s, and so like when I watched GI Joe as a kid, there was always a PSA at the end of Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of GI Joe. So the more you know, the more you know. There you go. All right. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about subtext. So subtext are like the messages that like about life and about the genre and things like that, that like we bake into the games. And sometimes we do it deliberately. Like we have a specific message that we want to convey through the game. And sometimes just as we're designing, like we, like we realize like we put messages into the game. So are like, have you, did you deliberately put any kind of like, you know, subtext into this game or did you find some while you were designing?
2: That is a interesting question.
0: We asked the hard-hitting questions on Pandas. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> I, I in, it's so weird because in the beginning, I wanted this game to be everything at once. And I really had to be talked down to, you know, I was just like, let's put, you know, Luna characters in it and let's put this and you want, I want to be able to, you know, play a magical girl, but then I also want to be able to play a magical creature that has a group of girls and I want to be, and, and I just, I wanted it to be everything and nothing at once. And it was just, it was so It was so messy. So of course, my partner in crime Jim was like, you know, you can't. He's like, you can't. It's it's too much. It's it's way too much. You got to pare it down. I was like, no, but I don't want to give that up. And I don't want to. You know, there was a whole thing where you, as a group, got to roll the d twenty, and the d twenty was your, you know, Deus Ex Luna. Where if you if you rolled a one, you got the super special secret awesome wand that you know destroyed the enemy. But if you rolled a twenty, you might have to fight you know four more enemies. And so there was this whole Deus Ex Luna. you know um mechanic that i really wanted to put in the game but it just it just didn't work and i kept trying to force it and force it and as soon as i was like all right let's let's you know write that out of the game things started fitting together way more you know smoothly so there was a lot of stuff that i wanted the game to be because magical girl anime is so broad nowadays you know it's everything it's you've got your more like darker themed animes like you know princess tutu and madoka and and all that, and, and you've, got your, you've got your over-the-top, crazy, like, diabetes kind of magic girl animes like um, Glitter Force and all that, and then, you know, you've got your Renaissance classic ones. I wanted my game to encompass all of those, and it just, it, it can't. You can't. <laughs> um, that's why all these shows exist, because it's too big of a genre. So, I guess the subtext that I put in is I really wanted everyone to play a group of girls that were already connected because a lot of you know a lot a lot of the older magical girl animes take on this kind of format where they introduce one girl and it's just for 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 a couple episodes and then they introduce another girl and then it's just her and then or you know just those two and then another girl and then maybe 15 episodes before then and so oh my you, gosh, they start yes. building everything but in my game I couldn't play that way because you know how fun, you know how boring is that where it's like all right now you guys don't say anything for 50 minutes while this girl does stuff and now So my, my game, I I noticed that it takes on a lot of other different genres that I'm getting used to where there's already established group of girls that transform together. So it was weird that I didn't know a lot of animes like that at the time. But because I was building this game, I started noticing more and more of like, Oh, yeah, that's right. They all are together in the first they're not. They're not like your atypical, you know, ones where they find each other. Like, technically, like Magic Girl Rayearth, they were all three together in the beginning and then went to the world and then transformed together. So that subtext was something that kind of surprised me where I'm like, oh, yeah, there are a lot of magical animes like that where the girls are already friends and they're already established and then they, you know, fight evil as a group instead of one girl finds her power, then the second girl, then third. So I think that's probably
0: the biggest one. I love it. So now we're into the Kickstarter part. Uh So your so in non in nonlinear podcasting time, your Kickstarter has been up for a week. It's It's awesome
1: oh my yeah. gosh it's and it's doing and it's doing so great
0: <laughs> yeah it's funded and you're it's you're blowing funded through stretch goals. yes yeah, but we, there's we... still there's still more people to pile on to this onto this Kickstarter so
2: we, we want to hit the biggest stretch goal where Jim has to cross dress as a magical girl and run a oh game oh my gosh yes it. we do Wow. Please tell I'm me that's real
0: tomorrow morning. Oh, it's like, real.
2: But he's like, it's da- it's it's down. It's there, way though. down. OK, it's, it's way down. You're not even going to see it on the on the main page for the first, you know, No, <laughs> oh, you right. heard
1: it here. Folk first. Wow. <laughs> first. You,
0: you heard know it what you're here working first. for now, people. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the backer levels and then like your give us the give us the high level overview. Give us the overview of the Kickstarter and then um, and then talk to us about like your favorite backer level.
2: Oh, OK. Um. Oh, wow. All right. Yes. This this Kickstarter, we knew it was going to be different from the beginning because w- one day in November, one late one night, we had come up with this crazy idea that we Wanted to use slap bracelets as part of the campaign, and and we were laughing because we had already done the cootie catcher, right? So we already had the throwback to the nineties, but we were even thinking more of like you know when you're walking around a convention or you know any any place where um, there's a lot of people usually you get business cards and it was always funny to say like oh here's all the business cards I collected and I still have a whole box of them like I have a box of just these business cards of people where I don't want to throw them away because people took so much time but they're just sitting there so we were laughing saying one night we were going to create slap bracelets so that way when you walk around you're just going to play with them all day like you're just going to walk around a convention with these silly slap bracelets and then I said well no wait what, or, you know, whoever said, Jim or I said, we both were like, wait, uh, why don't we send them out as part of the Kickstarter? You know, instead of it just being our business card, let's make that something, you know, that can people can get. And then it became, oh, no, we're going to go way farther. We are going to send them out to everyone before the Kickstarter, during the Kickstarter, after the Kickstarter because the slap races became less about marketing for the game and more about starting this magical girl movement of flooding social media with these beautiful bracelets and people holding their hand up high. And, and I just wanted, I wanted that. I wanted that picture of all of these women and guys that support women with the, with their hands in the air and their fists in the air that says fight like a magical girl. So we already knew it was going to be a way different Kickstarter than a lot that I had seen. And I, I mean, I still had a lot to learn uh, about some of it, but I wanted to name all of the stretch goals and the, the backer levels, crazy, silly things. And, and Jim's like, remember, not everybody knows the genre is going to be looking at this Kickstarter page. So, you know, you can put stuff in there that people are like, oh, that's a good reference to that or that's a good callback. But, you know, don't don't go crazy with it because there are going to be people that are like, oh, what's this game? This sounds cool. What's a magical girl? And why should I, you know, know about it? So after, after the crazy crazy marketing of the slap race which were a huge hit and people loved them and I'm so happy the way they turned out then we started thinking about you know if I, I just kept asking myself what would 13 year old Emily want in a magical girl game like what if I was 13 years old and watching Sailor Moon in the middle of my you know whole renaissance of magical girls and I went on to Kickstarter what would I want to see and so I built that page for her I built that page for every you know just young girl that's on the internet looking for something that is cool for her to get into and for guys and for every, it became, it became this whole movement for me. It's way more than just a, yeah, this is a cool RPG book for you guys. This is a magical girl movement. So some of the backer levels are, you know, you've got your classmate, which is just you're you're your happy to support it. You know, you're going to throw just a dollar. But the nice thing about it is that if you are in the U.S. and you are a classmate, you automatically get a slap bracelet. We are sending you one. Slap bracelets for everyone. Slap bracelets <laughs> for everyone. Even if you back for a dollar. Because, you know, I love the fact that Kickstarter usually goes, hey, if you're a friend of the, you know, thing, just throw a dollar. But I was like, well, what are we going to give the people that throw a dollar in? And Jim's like, well, we usually, you know, don't give any you know you that's just kind of like a hey thanks and i'm like no everyone will get a slap bracelet. <laughs> so then Jim, of course, is over here going like scraping his nails down, going, oh my gosh, you don't know about the shipping. You don't know about international shipping. And I'm like, oh, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm sitting here throwing slap bracelets to everyone and, and poor Jim is losing his mind. And then, of course, the Kickstarter page itself, I I really, I was like, it must be more magical. It must have more rainbows. It must have more hearts and feathers and sparkles. And, you know, Jim is like, Kickstarter will only do so much. We can only do so much with this page. So <laughs> And I'm like, no, it must have more sparkles. So, um, so yeah, so some of the backer levels are really fun. Um I really was excited to create the, you know, the crazy one that nobody that we, you know, you're like, well, no one's ever gonna back at this level. So I kept saying, like, what's what's gonna be that? And we we were laughing saying that the the insane backer level, the neo princess queen serenity uh-huh. backer level uh-huh. is you actually get a magical book that will transform you into a magical girl, like it's real. And then we have a little disclaimer that's like, "It's lack neat. of magical powers is not a disclaimer." Like <laughs> we have a disclaimer at the bottom that it's it's we have, we have no control over the lack of magical powers that you may or may not inherit with this book. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with the backer levels, the stretch goal levels. Of course, I wanted to take it in an insane fun way, but Jim's like no. again. We got to think about actual goals. Like what, what's going to happen when you reach these? I'm like, ah, whatever, just throw, you know, like we'll dress up as magical girls. So we thought about obviously the, the realistic goal levels. And that was, that was a challenge for me because I'm like, I don't know what, what do you get with the book? Like, can we send out, you know, more slap bracelets? Can we send out, you know, pins and replicas? And he's like, no, no, this is, you are designing a book. (laughs) You have to, you have to put things in the book. So a lot of the stretch goals are, you know, more artwork, of course, to make it beautiful because I want this crazy hardcover, foiled, embossed, stamped book. And the uh, so more artwork is always, always a plus. Additional like additional settings. We put that in there, too, because it's kind of hard with this game to then say, oh, I want to be mermaids. Well, It's like, hmm, well, how are we going to do a high school with mermaids? So. I uh, some of the, the stretch goals are more of kind of like tailoring the game to those kind of settings, settings that might just that might be more hard to to play in a high school level. Like we have one that's called like Renaissance Knights. Um, we have one that's, uh, magical mechs, which of course Jim was really excited about. Cause he's I like, can imagine. Wait, yep. Wait, mechs. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, and then, um, one of the bigger fun, cause J- of course, uh, Jim was like, all right, what fun one do you want to have for some of the bigger levels? And I was like, uh, one of the bigger, but still attainable levels is, uh, Emily gets a new black kitten and the backers get to name it. Oh,
0: <laughs>
2: so I thought that was really what? fun, and Jim's like, "That's kind of responsibility." <laughs> yeah. No, it's
1: fine. But it's great. It's great. It's great. I it's like fine. it. I like it. It'll um, be fine. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, so those are just some of the the more realistic and fun kind of uh kind of goals that we're we're trying to we're try magical girl animes and everything is usually a fun light-hearted thing to watch and you don't really get the deeper meaning of it until you're already halfway sucked in and then you're like oh, oh yeah oh, this shows about feelings not oh. just magic like yeah Here we are so that's what we that's what we kind of wanted to do too we wanted to have like the fun kind of things and as the deeper and deeper you get to it's like oh okay like yeah it's it's it this is this is getting heavy now so literally and figuratively but yeah so so the the I wanted the Kickstarter page to be this uh create like do you guys you guys remember myspace that had like the uh-huh. cursor that made the wand and <laughs> yeah
1: yeah sparkles <laughs> following you around and gif gift yeah, backgrounds I'm, I'm, that I'm, shine in the background like that sparkle you get me i'm totally I'm, with you totally with uh, you
0: one 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 the kickstarter page cannot support uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. now you sound <laughs> like, like so- jim you're just a so quitter. I've come to find out. You're a quitter. So I've come to find I'm, out.
0: <laughs> I'm saying technologically, like it can't support that. It's it's this. It's this. Well, really... why not,
2: Phil? Why I want my MySpace crazy GIF, like moving pictures all the time.
0: Oh, it's really um, like it doesn't. Do, it, doesn't it, it doesn't do that. It's shocking how much it doesn't do. Um,
2: do you know how many times? Do you know how many times that I have looked up other Kickstarter page and I'm like, why? Why, why can't I do my background like this, like beautiful rainbow? And Jim, like Jim is me at least five times he goes that doesn't happen until it's over like it doesn't you, you can't really change <laughs> yeah. that background and yeah, it until it's over
0: it's uh I mean it's tough because you, you do have to balance the build it out versus the I like I want it to look this way but it like it doesn't do a lot of stuff like you can put a you can put graphics on it you can put words on it and you can put some links I that's
2: have- it like. i have one gif one there gif sorry yeah. everyone i say gif That's so okay. i do I have one gif, GIF, GIF one too there. say it correctly i say yeah. gif
1: okay because you know what it is a graphic image i know i know it's not a graphic image so we don't have to have that debate on mics. <laughs> but, yes. but i'm with you
2: <laughs> and and here's the best part is that of course the one gif that we we picked because jim was like you you can have one one uh so of course the one that i picked is the one of my hands doing the cootie catcher uh
1: yeah awesome. that's important <laughs> it's perfect i feel like it's a good one yeah yeah, yeah. see Great. see yeah. i thought that too all right well that is our look at Domino magica and the ongoing kickstarter which you guys should all go check out the link will be in the show notes of course
0: hey emily before we uh, close out the show tell everyone how they can find you on the internet
2: Okay, so you can find me, most likely, at my Twitter handle, which is kickassemily. I also, you can follow me on Instagram at supombatman. And, uh, of course, my Facebook, will um, I guess we could do Facebook, right? People still do Facebook. Sure. Uh, my MySpace, unfortunately, is closed down. Oh, man. No MySpace. Bye, no. My LiveJournal <laughs> still up, but I am not going to direct you to that. So... <laughs> I am also part of Third Act Publishing, so you can look it up that way. And, of course,
0: Searching Domina Magica will get you to me. Yeah. Cool. awesome! Before we uh, close out the show, Senda, tell us about another show on the Mistracted Mark Network.
1: Sure. In Down With D&D, Chris and the mad wizard Sean Merwin dish about everything D&D with a focus on the brand and newest edition of the world's most popular tabletop RPG.
0: Awesome. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet?
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community. Or if you prefer, you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they've found us in one of those places, what can they do with that information?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please send us topics for the show. We love talking about the things that you want to hear about. Uh, in fact, we, uh, as most of you know, are lazy and don't come up with our own topics for the show. So we basically rely on you guys. 100%. To keep, yeah.
1: yeah, 95, 95%. 90, 95, 95%. 95% local sourced. Kay.
0: Yeah. Uh, we rely on you to keep us afloat with topics and ideas, so please send them. Don't worry about whether they fit our formats. We're getting pretty creative about making them fit or just modifying our formats to, to get them to work. If we like the topic, <laughs> it's going to be on the show. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Just send us what you got. Senda, what can people do uh, with our social media besides send us topics?
1: Well, you can send us your table selfies. And since you all just got back from Gen Con couple weeks ago you should be posting all of those awesome pictures that you took at gen con right of you playing awesome games with people we want to see them and we want to know what you were playing so we'll post those on the social media of your choice twitter is the easiest place for us to find them and hashtag it table selfie
0: and we like i, I also feel like people if they have the slap bracelets should also oh, man um yeah well, should so also you, post you them are, and tag our social media
2: yeah you are amazing yeah yeah what's what yes. is the tag that you're using for those slap so bracelets. So if if you have a slap bracelet already or if you are getting one in the mail soon, please, please, please take a picture of it. Hold it high in the air or just post your best magical girl pose. And we are using the hashtags fight like a magical girl and
0: hashtag Domina Magica.
2: Yeah. So do all of that.
0: What she said. <laughs> If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Pa- you can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of goodies. You get the bonus outtakes from the show, the ever racy and sometimes red light district after <laughs> show from the Misdirected Mark. Um, I blame you. you. get access to the Slack Room for Life. And you also get cool things that we like wind up designing and creating. We sometimes just uh, surprise our uh, our patrons with. And on top of that, we also like to do some patron shout outs where um, we often just mangle your last names um, Sorry, in honor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of uh, of your patronage. We love you. So, Sandy, uh, you want to just roll through these tonight? Yeah, sure. Robert Dorgan, the
1: Dragon Lord of Down With D&D. Thanks, Robert. You probably won't hear this because you're listening to Down With D&D, but we still appreciate you. Uh-huh. Uh, Glenn Seeler. Thank you so much, Glenn. And Chelsea Clark. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Say hi to the Terror Dactyl tech team for us.
0: <laughs> there you go. Say, Senda, what's the other thing people can do if they're not supporting the Patreon or unable to port- support the Patreon, which is also totally fine, that makes us oh so very happy and just happened not to. Uh, Not too long ago. I know.
1: It makes me really, really happy. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review that we get actually really does help new people find the show. And it makes me super giddy because it is artistic validation for the amount of time and energy that we put into editing and writing these shows. Are you guilty yet? Are you guilty (laughs) yet? Write us a review. Cool. Hey, Emily.
0: Hey, Emily. Hey, Phil. Show, me, show me how you capture a magical girl in your game.
1: It's not Pokemon. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got.
0: Show me, got, eh, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got, Yes. We're, um, we're not alone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, philosophically? <laughs> I,
0: I meant, I meant Emily. Like, yeah. Emily's I'm here. I'm watching. I mean, there's people a, won't hear this till the outtakes. So when we do the, yes. when we do the intro, it'll be a surprise. But this, like.
1: We like to call it non linear podcasting. Okay. Because the things that we do at the beginning, they won't actually hear till the end. Ah,
2: it's like a Tarantino kind of
0: yeah. situation. It's like yeah. Memento, except that with less editing. Oh. No. Less editing.
2: I don't know if there's less editing. It's nice that
1: you think so.
0: <laughs> this thing just rolls off into like an assembly line, right? Like it's...
1: No. No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> Handcrafted, bespoke, made outtakes.
1: Bespoke bespoke outtakes yeah absolutely many pandas kumquats and apparently toast
0: yeah and i did somebody asked him i, th- I think it was um i, th- I think it was Schmidty who asked me if i remembered to turn the dryer on uh <laughs> I, and i did i did remember to turn the dryer for people who might be wondering from last week i did remember to turn the right. dryer on
1: the suspense i know was intense yes. Bloop. okay so do we need to have a quick conversation about your straw to remind you to not
0: Oh, let straw, me take. All right, let me straw. take one last drink. Fine, one hang on. One last
1: drink. You need to get a. You need to get a silicone one.
0: <laughs> hey, we're gonna do a thing.
1: We're totally gonna do a thing. Is it time to do the thing? I'm not looking at the time.
0: We should. We should do a thing.
1: Okay. We should, we should definitely do, do a thing. Okay. Um, well, you're you're starting the thing.
0: I am. <laughs> I know how the show goes.
1: Are you sure?
0: <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I wrote it. I even color coded it.
1: Um, Yeah, most of the time that works.
0: (laughs) Emily, you know you're purple, right? Because I couldn't... I'm
2: ready. I'm purple. I'm so ready. I couldn't
0: find in the color palette on Google Docs, I couldn't find a mermaid enough green to to color <laughs> welcome, it so
2: welcome to my life yeah so i made problems
0: yeah i settled i settled for purple but i was like i went I, i'm not kidding you like i i wrote the first line and for your notes and then i went through like four shades of green and i was like Aww. none of these look mermaid green enough i was like that damn makes, it,
2: you, you, you have no idea how like that makes me so happy because i get True, but hey, we can't actually start yet because
1: you promised me we were going to talk about International Sailor Moon Day on the mics. Uh, Not Yes, apparently I
0: I found, I figured Uh, out it's International Sailor Moon Day. Like, what were you two doing?
2: Uh, Getting a Kickstarter ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a valid excuse. That's fair. I mean, I'm just saying, (laughs) Phil, like I'm wearing my Sailor Moon shirt today. I wore it all day today, even at work. (laughs) Bloop. <laughs> this there is the
1: part where there's just like nothing that I can say that I want to nope. have recorded. Nope. <laughs> like there's just, just nothing. Leave that
0: one alone. Just put I that one under squad it. goals. That's
1: yeah.
0: Just- <laughs> 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 oh. Bloop. Hey, Senda,
1: you didn't meow.
0: Oh, damn it! <laughs> I was afraid if I meowed it would throw Emily off. We didn't talk about the meow. We talked I about the music, the but singing. not the meow.
1: Okay, but you have to meow. <laughs> <sighs> I
0: can't. It failed me. I just I lost my meow. It's
1: fine. It sounded exactly like my cat when he loses it in the middle, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna try it again. Wow. Okay. Shh. Bloop. Boom. Boom. Do 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 Emily's got to listen to us sing. Yeah, but she's dancing, which is the best. Do 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 do. And, oh,
1: Emily
0: jumped in. <laughs> Hang on, now we wait.
1: wait. <clears throat> Don't worry, there's more singing at the end.
2: Bloop. You know what's funny is that you know, I know everybody.
1: Here's a rose. Know,
2: Jim, Jim gets Jim gets a lot of uh, of of credit for hating Tuxedo Mask, but I hated him first. Okay, because <laughs> when I saw when I saw as an adult when I watched Sailor Moon Stars uh-huh. and and Yosagi had that relationship with Seiya. I just want to say, like, I'm like, that's, yes, Seiya. And the funniest thing uh, is, of course, all of the comics and the memes that popped up because of that. And I'll never forget the one where the scouts, like, burst in when she's about to kiss Seiya. You know, she's about to, she, she and Seiya are about to kiss. And the scouts burst in and they're like, Usagi, no. And she goes, Why not? Darien or, you know, Mamo-chan is never here. He doesn't do anything. He shows up and just explains stuff to me and then runs off like a no, rose rose. You does didn't, anything. didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, why? And they all look at Chibiusa and she disappears out of existence. And she's, they're all like, that's why.
1: Bloop. Man. <gasps> Stupid oh, time paradoxes. Okay. Oh, my God.
2: Okay.
0: But Getting captured is going to be the thing I write in the cootie catcher. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's a good one actually though. Yeah. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show
0: me. (laughs)
1: Show me what you got. I know how to end this conversation. (laughs) Bloop. Wait, you can't even say that. What am I gonna do with that? I'm just gonna have to cut it out. You're
0: gonna just (laughs) delete it. It's just
1: gonna disappear in
2: the cutting room floor. No, no, send edit that back in. We're fine. No.
1: (laughs) No. No. Now. Bloop.
0: now we should end the show. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> should. Bye. Okay, bye!
1: Bye!
0: And...